You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Philadelphia, right here on AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, the Press Zone is a proud af- affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, and uh, we're so glad that you are here with us today. I am your host for the show. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm the lead correspondent at the AHL Report, and of course, I'm joined each and every week by our tremendous uh, founder, president, editor-in-chief. He wears a lot of hats. Uh, he's my Terrific co-host, and that is the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you today? Wearing sir? a Phillies hat today, by the way. Are the you now? In the studio here. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, was gifted this, and and uh, I, th- I think it looks pretty good. I've always liked the, the Phillies um, uh, jerseys. Oh, Fly- Philly fans, do you hear this? This is a Canadian, a pure-blooded Canadian, mm-hmm. not wearing a Blue Jays hat, not wearing an Expos hat. He's wearing a Phillies hat. I like True. It. I like it. I like it. Nice job. Thanks. Uh, it's probably better that you're not wearing a Sixers hat today. <laughs> uh, oh, what a series. What a series. And let me tell you, if, you know, Eagles Twitter can be a cesspool. Flyers Twitter can be a cesspool. But, oh, my, Sixers Twitter. Whoo. <laughs> uh, Sixers took it to game seven I'll give them that They took it to game seven uh, And then That's where it all ended uh, And there were Of course there's controversy There were players who were Misquoted after the game So fans got really upset Thinking certain Players were blaming The loss solely on other Players Um I mean, it is kind of easy to do when you miss uh, like three or four easy layups, um, but it's all in the past now. Another Sixers season <laughs> come and gone. Yep. Um, I don't know. That might be a might be a busy off season for them. I don't. I should ask my colleague Joe Whalen if um, perhaps Kyle Lowry coming to Philadelphia would be a good idea to help <laughs> Philly fans feel better. I don't know. Uh, Joe would have to Joe would have to tell me if that would be a good idea or not. I'll have to consult him. 
Um, but for sure, the uh, one busy place uh, during the NBA playoffs and the, the NHL playoffs has been DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Got to say, it's not only my favorite sportsbook, but it's uh, it's America's top-rated sportsbook. Um, I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate. Uh, it's got plenty of instructions for new bettors. Hi, newbie uh, this year. And uh, ne- really nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. Uh, all of my friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook. Book, and hey, I know you will too. Um, listen to to this great offer that they've got. Now, DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. You pick any basketball team that's still in contention. You bet $1. And if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and po- promotions on baseball, like the Phillies. Yeah. It, it was Roy Halladay that brought me to the Phillies, by the way. Ah. Uh, hockey, the 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 uh, NHL playoffs, the semifinals, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Uh, you just bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you'll claim a hundred dollars in free credits that's promo code thpn only for a limited time and only at DraftKings sportsbook must be 21 or older new jersey indiana or pennsylvania only new customers only wager paid out in site credits restrictions do apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT and uh, just remember, of course, that's co- promo code THPN. You know, that stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. Remember I mentioned we are a proud affiliate uh, and uh, happy to be along with them for all sorts of great uh, great things like the promo codes for DraftKings. We also have contests every once in a while that DraftKings sponsors as well. Uh, who knows? You could be the proud new owner of a, a new NHL jersey or an AHL jersey. So be sure you pay attention when we have those contests that come around. Uh, now, today uh, on today's show, Rick, we've got uh, plenty to talk about. In the first segment, we're going to cover some Philadelphia Flyers news. Um, Mr. Mark Recchi, it has been announced, is going to be uh, inducted uh, into a certain Hall of Fame uh, this year. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We've been mentioning that there's this special game coming up between the Flyers alumni and the Flyers Warriors, uh, and uh, it's coming up very soon. We're going to give you the final details on that, and the alumni have released their complete roster. So uh, it's a pretty stacked roster. We're going to review that with you. Um, Pretty special for Flyers fans and for the entire Philadelphia Flyers organization when Oscar Lindblom was announced as the winner of the 2021 Masterton Trophy. Uh, We've got some audio of Oscar's reaction to that from his press conference uh, following the announcement that you don't want to miss. And uh, also a little glimpse into what Wade Allison is doing in his offseason to keep his skills sharp uh, uh, now that he is home. Then in our second segment, uh, we have a we have an interview that you do not want to miss. It's an exclusive interview uh, that uh, Rick and I have with Mark Waitman. If you don't recognize that name, 
you will certainly recognize the organization he is with. Mark Waitman is the president and CEO of the ECHL's newest franchise in Trois-Rivières, Quebec. That's the Trois-Rivières Lions. Uh, They are the newest ECHL affiliate for the Montreal Canadiens and, of course, will be facing off against uh, the Flyers ECHL affiliate, the Reading Royals, this upcoming season. And so Mark Waitman is going to join us in the second segment. He's going to tell us all about this new team, where they came up with their logo and their branding and their name. Uh, Tell us a bit about uh, the importance of their affiliation with the Canadians. They've selected Eric Belanger as their first head coach. He's going to talk about why uh, Eric was the right fit uh, behind the bench for Trois-Rivières and uh, just going to talk a bit about the importance of the ECHL and what great hockey it is. So it is an interview you are not going to want to miss in our second segment. There's a new lion in town. That's right. It's a little weird. (laughs) It's a little weird. Uh, But so let's start with uh, some Flyers news. Mark Recchi... It has been announced uh, this week that Mark Recchi is going to be inducted into this year's class of the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. Um, And the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame has been around for a while now, um, and it's uh, it's pretty all-encompassing with notable figures in the Philly sports world, Uh, you know, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, hockey, uh, even... um, you know, um, lacrosse, uh, field hockey, uh, track and field, uh, in terms of local collegiate sports. And even, you know, there are, are some lifetime awards and, and inductees that come in for just the significant impact they've had in sports, whether they are, uh, local high school or collegiate coaches, um, sports broadcasters who have made a big impact in Philly, in the Philly sports industry. Um, it, it's for Philadelphia sports. It's a pretty prestigious honor to be inducted into the Philadelphia sports hall of fame. Um, Recky will will be inducted in the 2021 class. Um, there was not a hockey player in the 2020 class, uh, but prior to that, just to give you an idea of who recently has been inducted from the hockey world, um, in 2019, it was Eric Desjardins. 2018 was Reggie Leach. Uh, we saw Tim Kerr go in in 2017, Jimmy Watson in 2016. Uh, and 2015, there were actually two hockey inductees uh First and foremost, Lou Nolan, uh, our our dear Wells Fargo Center, and frankly, before that, Spectrum, uh, PA announcer for the Flyers since 1972. He's called eight Stanley Cup finals in his career so far. Uh, and at the same time, uh, Rick McLeish was, was inducted that year as well. So that's just a smattering of the most recent inductees from, from hockey for the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, Rick, I think uh, Mark Recchi will be well-suited taking his place alongside them. Uh, triple Stanley Cup winner, won three Stanley Cups. And the interesting thing for me about Mark Recchi is he's been um, he's been on both sides of two very fierce rivalries, and mm-hmm. and those being the Habs and Bruins. He played for both the Habs and Bruins, and the Flyers Penguins played for both of those teams as well. You, you don't get away with doing that all that often. <laughs> no, no, that's right. And still have fans from all fan bases who like you. <laughs> Uh, so congratulations to Mark Recchi, uh, well-deserved and uh, a great honor to him. 
speaking of uh, a great honor, uh, the Flyers alumni are suiting up and uh, they're going to be uh, doing a showcase game against those tough guys, the Flyers Warriors. Uh, this weekend, actually, it's on June 27th at the Iceworks Complex. Uh, there are still general admission tickets available. I want to say they're either twenty or twenty-five dollars. It's 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 very very affordable. Uh, and let me tell you what uh, the Flyers alumni have finally released their roster for this game. Um, a little bit of sandpaper, I'd say. Uh, you think? On the and roster, the yeah. funny thing is, is the Flyers Warriors have have been talking trash on Twitter to these guys all week. Like, bring it. We'll see what you old guys got. You know, that kind of thing. But uh, your coaches, Lindsey Carson, Steve Coates, Jim Watson, and Brian McElwain as a guest coach. Uh, Robert Esch will be the goaltender for the Flyers alumni. And uh, I'll let's see. I'll run down the defense and... Uh, Rickle, Rickle enlighten you on the forwards. On the back end, we've got Mark Howe, Doug Crossman, Jeff Chikrin, Chris Terrian, Brad Marsh, Joe Watson, and Kiel Samuelson. So that's a pretty gritty back end, uh, I must say. Jeff Chikrin, interestingly, uh, of course, father of of uh, Jacob Chikrin mm-hmm. with, with Arizona, but um, uh, Jeff Chikrin is also the brother-in-law of Luke Richardson, who was vaulted into the acting interim head coach position during the playoffs for the Canadians. Hockey's uh, a small world. It is. <laughs> uh, speaking of small worlds, we have uh, Ian LaPerriere, Lappy, who, uh, who just named uh, recently as the head coach of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, John LeClaire, who played for both the Canadians and uh, the Flyers. Adam Hall, Jesse Bollerice. Dave Brown, some of that toughness, Scott Daniels, yeah. Mike Newble, Knubel, uh, Todd Fedorik, Riley Cote, Carl Makasak, I don't know Carl, uh, Mitch Lamoureux, Jody Shelley, some more uh, sandpaper, and Danny Breer. The Silky Mitts, Danny Breer are going to be in there. And I saw Brad Marsh. We had Brad Marsh on the show a number of uh, a weeks of weeks ago, who is actually the head coach of the Flyers Warriors. So he's going to be on 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 the opposite side of the guys he coaches in this game. Um, but he put out a video on Twitter talking about, oh, yeah, he's you know, he's he's relaxed. He's sitting on his front porch outside and he's talking about, OK, so you Flyers Warriors think you're tough. What are you going to do when I throw? What are you going to do when I throw John LeClaire over the boards? <laughs> what are you going to do when when Todd Fedorik comes over the boards? What are you going to do when Jody Shelley's coming at you? Or Danny Brea? And he's just totally, <laughs> it's fantastic. Like the, the rivalry is going to be fun. The atmosphere is going to be great. You don't want to miss uh, this matchup between the Flyers alumni and the Flyers Warriors this weekend, June 27th. Um, if you go to Wells Fargo, center.com you can get your general admission tickets there i highly recommend it i think it's going to be uh i think it's going to be one for the ages uh and one you don't want to miss speaking of uh memorable moments uh i'd have to say that uh flyers fans and the whole flyers organization um probably gave a standing ovation when uh it was announced that this year's Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy was awarded to Oscar Lindblom. Um, truly, you know, it's one of those things that typically every year, whomever is nominated for this trophy is certainly deserving of it. It's hard to to compare why or why not guys who are nominated against each other should receive it. But Oscar truly had a special story this year. Um, 
Remember, this is uh, an award given each year to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedicated to hockey. Um, and after after his battle with, with Ewing's sarcoma, uh, which is a rare form of bone cancer, um, to come back, uh, ring the bell, be done with his cancer treatment, and two months later take the ice in the bubble in the Stanley Cup playoffs against the New York Islanders at the end of last summer. I mean, what, uh, th- this was a young man who wasn't sure he would even skate again. Um, and it was just a remarkable year for Oscar Lindblom, Rick. Uh, and I, I'm just so, I'm just so pleased for him and his family and the entire team, uh, t- that he was recognized by the league in, in this way. As we know, each team nominates a player uh, from their team to to be a nominee. Uh, then it's whittled down to three finalists, those being uh, Lynn Blum, Matt Dunba, Patrick Marlowe. And and each of the, the uh, uh, nominees has a, a, a compelling story, but this year, none better than Oscar Lynn Blum, a, a very worthy winner. Absolutely. So uh, he met with the media uh, after, after the announcement was made, and he had... He was um, very understated, as Oscar Lindblom is wont to do. Anytime that we've interviewed him, he's 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 pretty quiet usually in interviews. He's very humble. Uh, he's very modest. Um, but you could tell that this meant a lot to him. Um, so I wanted to, of course, we want to share a, a couple of clips from that audio. The first of which uh, he talked about how much. Um, you know, of course, he had a lot of support from from his family and his girlfriend and and so forth. But he talked about how significant it was for him and how crucial it was for him to have uh, the support of each and every one of his teammates, uh, particularly in the days just following his diagnosis. I mean, it's been huge. Like from the start, it gave me so much energy just to keep me pushing through, especially the first couple of days. It was tough for me to just try and soak it all in and see what you have in, in front of you, but just to have them there and supporting me every day. And like I said, giving me energy. That was, uh, that was huge for me just to have a, like my second family over in the U S that was, uh, that was great. And I, I appreciate so much for, for doing that for me as well. To call them the, his second family over mm-hmm. in the U S uh, that that's a big thing to say. Um, you could tell it meant a lot for Limblom. He, in fact, recalled then, someone asked him, are there any moments that really stand out to you in this past year as being really big, pivotal moments for you? Um, and and he said yes, and, and actually recalled two big moments, uh, one of which was one we just alluded to, is uh, something that happened in those first few days of his diagnosis. The other one was a little bit later in the season, um, during the course of his recovery, this is what he had to say. They were away, they were road tripping the start when I got sick and they had a couple of tough games, like three or four games they were losing and they got back home and I, I met him at the, at the Wells Fargo and I, I remember that moment so good because everyone was so happy to see me and I was so happy to see them and I felt like they could relax a little bit as well when they saw me again and see I, f- I was feeling pretty good at that time too. So gave them a little energy and they gave me energy as well. And I think the second second one is when uh, I saw my first game and uh, the whole world's follower is just standing up and giving me a, a standing ovation. That was something that I will never never uh, remember or forget. <laughs> Sorry. So that was probably the, the biggest one. 
we, interesting uh, that that uh, you know that the the Flyers were were not playing well at the time, but uh, seeing Oscar gave them energy and 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 it you know it, it just reminds everyone that there are things that are more important than uh, than hockey and mm-hmm. and uh, and yet they were able to feed off of that energy to to uh, carry on. Absolutely, and and as he said, you know they were on the road, and and I think you know he even sort of alluded there that. Um, you know, whether or not it was on their minds in in those struggles they were having on those few games on the road that he was obviously also concerned that they were worrying about him having found out about this diagnosis. And so when they could see him when they got back from the road trip and saw that he looked like Oscar and he looked fine and at that time he was feeling okay, this was before he started his chemo treatments, um, that it gave them some energy, they could breathe a sigh of relief a little bit, and it and it gave him energy to to be reunited with all of them. And of course, the second thing he mentioned there was it was the first time uh, during his treatment, um, and after the diagnosis, that he came to the Wells Fargo Center to watch a game. Uh, and during the game, the PA Lou Nolan and the PA uh, crew. Um, pointed out that Oscar was up in the suite watching the game and the Wells Fargo Center just, they blew, the fans blew the roof off of that place that night. Uh, stand, long standing ovation, uh, just so, so 100% behind him in his fight against this disease. And uh, it was really nice of him to recognize that as a big, uh, memorable moment for him. So what's next from Oscar Lindblom? I will we'll have one class clip for you. Uh, he uh, he's pretty determined uh, in this off season. You know he he did come back in that short time in the bubble uh, last summer, uh, and of course he he made it through uh, this year. There were times that he he admitted throughout the year there were times that his stamina was a little lagging. That he's still working on on his endurance and his his stamina and so forth. So he would get tired a little more easily, but uh, overall had a decent season to build off of and and he certainly sounds locked in and ready to go uh this is what he mentioned as far as what's on what's a priority for him in this offseason i want to be the player i were before i got sick and i feel good right now working out and all that so that's my goal and i just need to really push myself this summer to really get back in shape and and hopefully i can be the player i were and and if not better i like that want to be the player I was before I was sick and if not even better. Yeah. Um he's determined and and if if his determination could get him through his treatment the way it did, I I would imagine that he'll tackle this off-season off-season with the same ferocity. So congratulations to Oscar Lindblom. Um really 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 happy to see him honored with that. Uh, last but not least in this segment, Rick, I want to talk about Wade Allison because I couldn't help but point out to you uh, a, a photo that the Flyers uh, tweeted out um, that they found I, I, on somebody's social media platform. And it was uh, Wade Allison putting in the work uh, this summer back at home. He's also determined to build off of uh, this this past season that he had with the Phantoms and his brief call up with the Flyers. Uh, but, you know, when when you live on a farm... Uh, your workout looks a little different, eh? <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> you use what you have around. <laughs> you do. There's a tremendous picture. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go uh, check out the the Flyers Twitter timeline of uh, Wade Allison with a net that's set up between a couple of stacks of hay bales out on the farm and uh, a little piece of plywood on the grass. And that's what he's using to take shots. Um, so, you know, 
Now, this is rural Manitoba, uh, Myrtle, Manitoba, and uh, is where he grew up. Uh, played his youth hockey in Carmen. Um, there's a really nice golf course that I, I like in Carmen, um, just as an aside. <laughs> uh, but but where he is 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 southwest of of uh, Winnipeg um, in the uh, the Winkler Morden kind of area, uh, about ninety kilometers uh, southwest of of Winnipeg, and so that it's it's farmland and and. Uh, and when you're there, you you use the farm impl- implements to uh, <laughs> right. to assist with your training. I you know I have to wonder, I have to wonder if if any of the tractor equipment comes into play for mm. his training. Maybe so. Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> uh, looking forward to seeing what Wade Allison brings to training camp in the fall. He had a tremendous uh, rookie season. did did well with the Phantoms and certainly did not look out of place uh, in the games that he played for the Flyers. So, expecting big things from that young man, uh, whether it's on the farm or or on the ice. Uh, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, believe me, you don't want to miss our second segment. We've got an exclusive interview with Mark Waitman, the president and CEO of the newest ECHL franchise, the Trois Rivières Lions. Uh, they will be up against the Reading Royals this season, uh, both home and on the road. So if you're a Royals fan and you make it out uh, to Royals games in Reading, uh, you will see a new team uh, in the Trois Rivières Lions this year. And so Mark Waitman's going to join us right after this to tell us all about the newest franchise to join the ECHL. You don't want to miss it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We're so glad you're with us. Uh, Once again, my name is Amy Johnson, your host for the day. And uh, Rick Stevens, of course, is my co-host. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. There's a few ways you can do that. Um, If you'd like to find Rick, he is at AllHabs. 
If you'd like to find me, I am at Flyers Rule. In addition to that, we'd love for you, of course, to follow at the AHL Report. That's the place to go to keep on top of all of the great content we have that comes out about the AHL, the ECHL, prospects, you name it, um, and uh, is is the place to find um Game recaps, uh, player profiles, uh, notepad articles, kind of summarizing news of the week and so on and so forth. So uh, be sure you're following at the AHL report as well. Well, we're quite honored right now uh, here at the Press Zone to be joined by uh, President and CEO of the Trois Rivières Lions, and that is Mark Waitman. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for for being here with us today. Uh, we are very excited to talk to you about uh, this new venture and and new franchise coming into the ECHL. Well, thanks, Amy. I'm I'm really I'm happy to chat with you uh, about our. Uh our fun and exciting project. We've had a lot of stuff going on and uh, happy to uh, happy to share it with you. Excellent. Well, I guess my, you know, my first question really is let's talk about that excitement. You just had uh, your your team name and logo and and, and branding profile launch uh, just recently in the last week or so. Um, can you just talk a bit about the excitement of actually now having gotten that launch out there? You can you can tell fans and everyone in the community who you are and what you represent and, and really what that symbol is of of the name and the logo really means to the community there in Trois Rivières. Oh no, absolutely. Um, well, first I have to say it's a relief because we've been working on this for many many months, and I I, I had this fear that I was going to accidentally you know drop the oh, name early no. and 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 and. <laughs> And let the cat out of the bag, <laughs> pardon the pun. Um, and uh, so I'm glad that I didn't do that. And I'm happy now that I, I don't need to, to worry about um, doing that anymore. Um, it was a process that took us many, many months and, and for good reason. Um, so to give you a bit of context. So uh, we started last December by uh, doing a, a, a public uh, contest um, with, the, with the help of our radio partner here locally um, to ask fans to send us in their suggestions and their suggestions with, of, for the name and, and, and maybe ideas for the logo and, and why and tell us your story. And we got, um, that, that lasted a few weeks. We got over 500 suggestions wow. sent into us, which was really, um, really exciting to see the, the amount of engagement we had. And what was really exciting about that, Amy, is it, it was obviously many people from Trois-Villers and from the Mauricie region, which is like the, the, for those that don't know, it's it's smack dab in the middle of Quebec. We're in the heart of Quebec, halfway between Montreal and Quebec City. And it's very easy to get here. It's an hour and a half from everything. Um, and um, But we had so many suggestions sent in from people throughout the entire province and a lot of people from Montreal and Quebec City. And so that, that was really exciting to see. And then what we did is we narrowed it down to um, eight different names or content, uh, con, uh, concepts. And uh, we did another little contest. I say contest because people could win a prize by sharing with us their, um, their, uh, their preferences. And again, encouraging them to tell us why. And that time, because it was a little easier, you just had to click what you liked. And we had a, a, almost over 5,000 responses, formally and informally. And what I mean by that is emails, um, comments on the website, but social media, uh, tweets, engagement answers, obviously a lot on Facebook. Uh, it was really overwhelming. And once again, throughout the entire province. So one thing we realized is this is going to be a team that 
will have, that will be um, that there's an interest throughout the entire province, and, and we needed to keep that in mind. Um, what we did with the name and the logo, first of all, why the lions? The lions in the 1950s was the only other uh, was a team, a professional hockey team that represented Torrevier, and it's the only other professional team that ever played here in Torrevier. So it's a little bit of a flashback to that team. Uh, some interesting names played for that team, like Leon Rochefort, who went on to play for the Habs. Um, uh, even guys like Jean Rattel and Rod Gilbert, uh, Gilbert, who played for here, not many games, but you know, nevertheless, were part of that history. Don Cherry, believe it or not, played uh, a season wow. here in Torrevier. Uh, not many people know that. Um, so there was, a, there was a fun history there. And so that was the reason for the Lions. But now to explain the name and the branding, um, in this these two processes that I just explained to you where we engaged the fans, we got a lot of suggestions that were really rich in history, really engaging and really uh, we found very, very interesting. Uh, one was everything about the, 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 the forges, the uh, the. the, the the blacksmith industry, the, the steel industry that uh, was the pride of, of, of all of Eastern Canada at, many, at, at, a, at a time uh, several hundred years ago, that, that still today, uh, Les Forges du Saint-Maurice is, is, a, is a national landmark and museum and, and very uh, important here. Um, and so we, we retained the, the passion that people had about that pride of that, you know, it's a hardworking you know, industry where people work hard and dedicated and strong. And so that was interesting. Um, we also had suggestions that were um, related to the history of the region or the city. Some people even suggested the team should be called the 16, it sounds better in French, trust me, but the 1634s, <laughs> which was the year of the foundation of the, of the, of the city in 1634, the second oldest city in, in, uh, in all of Eastern Canada or all Canada for that matter. And so again, it was to the pride and history of the city. The, another name that was brought up was Le Flambeau, which loosely translated is, is the mm -hmm. torch. And um, obviously there's a neat little tie in there with the tradition of the torch with the Habs, you know, to you from falling hands, we pass the torch from captain to captain over the years. But also what people don't know, unless you're from Torrevier, is there is a very large monument in the heart of old, Mont of old Torrevier, excuse me, that was built in 1934, which was to commemorate the 300th anniversary of the foundation of the mm. city. And so it's a landmark. It's a big pillar that has a flame on the top of it, uh, a little bit like the Olympic flame cauldron or whatnot. And um, it's another pride, it's just a pride of, of the city here. Um, and the city was founded by uh, Sierre La Violette. Uh, who uh, the, the, the very large bridge that crosses the St. Lawrence here is named after and a lot of different statues and things like that, obviously the founder of the city. So when we um, learned about all of this and we looked into it and we met with historians and we talked to, we, you know, we looked into the history books ourselves and talked to people that knew of the history of Torrevier and the sporting history as well, we found it too rich a story to not... To, to, to ignore. So what we did was we endeavored to try to incorporate these other stories into the concept of the lion. All along keeping in mind that our brand, we want to be very, very Quebecois. We're going to have a lot of homegrown players playing and we want to be the ECHL club for all of Quebec. So our logo, for those that haven't seen it, it's the face of a lion, but in the shape of the uh, fleur-de-lis. Mm -hmm. 
So the, the, which is the, the, the strongest Quebecois symbol that you can have, which you find on the Quebec flag. But within the design of the logo, first of all, it's blue, which is Quebec blue, and steel gray, which is a tie into the steelworks industry. Um, the head of the lion, the top of the mane, is in the, if you look closely, is in the shape of a torch, le flambeau, tying into the monument and the history of the city. And um, if you also look at the, uh, the mustache and the, the little pinch or beard of, of the lion, uh, you realize that if you, look, if you were to Google La Violette or Sierra La Violette, the founder of the city, it was back in those days where you had the little curly <laughs> mustache. And the little, so there's a bit of a La Violette style and a bit of a, a, a wink to, the, to, to that whole era in the look of the logo. So every little bit of the logo has a, symbol, a, a sense of symbolism to it. And it's the reason why we were very proud of what we were able to finally launch, because it tells a story. It tells a story that is very Trois-Rivières, that, that talks about the history and the pride of the city, and as well as the strength and determination of the steel workers of this town, while tying in all the same to the Lions hockey team of the past. Mark, uh, the, the path to securing an ECHL franchise for TR came with uh, let's say some twists and turns. It, it, it turned out it was a fascinating uh, story for us to, to follow and to cover. Um, and guiding the ship uh, the whole way was Dean McDonald, chair of Deacon Sports Entertainment. Uh, he brought you on board. He brought uh, Marc-Andre Bergeron, uh, who had been uh, an envoy, envoy of sorts for Trois-Rivières. Um, can you talk about uh, Dean, his commitment to bringing the franchise uh, his leadership through this uh, this whole process. Well, clearly, if it weren't for Dean, none of us would be talking today. Um, his uh, his passion and, der- and determination to 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 make this happen is is really you know ninety eight percent of why we're here today. Um, and uh, the um, there there were some obstacles, there were some challenges uh, early on for 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 a bunch of different reasons. Um, but, uh, you know, again, he, he was determined to make this work. Um, and, uh, at the end of the day, when we were able to sit down, uh, with the people here at the city and, 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 and really look at the project as a whole and, 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 and figure out what the best, um, path to, to success, uh, was both for what we wanted to accomplish as a, as a hockey organization and, and also a promoter because we, we also, have the commercial rights to the building. We also have the, uh, we run all the food and beverage and we will be the official uh, uh, exclusive promoter for, for other sporting events in the building or other events uh, uh, at large. Um, we were able to uh, really get a clear picture of what is a win here for the city and what is a win for us and how do we make sure to make those two things meet in the middle. And, um, and, uh, and that's how we were, and honestly, from, from that point forward, um, it was uh, it was smooth sailing. I mean, it took a lot of time. There's a lot of details that need to be tied up. Um, I think uh, I'm, I'm actually very very proud of the way that we were able to tie together um, so many of the details, so that we so that nobody has surprises down the road uh, on the city side or on our side. And I think um, it's a it's a model to be uh, uh, maybe uh, used as an example for for uh, for others in the sense of 
um, being able to 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 really, I realize this may t- sound a bit cliche, but to make sure that it's a win-win, but not just in words, but in, in facts at the end of the day when everything's all done. And uh, so thanks to Dean and, and his willingness to 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 invest here locally, um, his his vision has been very, from the very get-go is, uh, this needs to be a Trois-Rivières team. We need to become a part of the fabric of this community. Um, you know, with the youth hockey, with the business community, uh, we want to play a, um, a very active role in in, 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 the community here and, and in the renaissance of, 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 uh, I don't know, how should I say this life as we know it now that we can finally <laughs> see the light at the end of the tunnel as we come out of this pandemic and, and try to get back to some sense of normalcy and, and revitalizing the, the economy and, and businesses and, and, and the entertainment business as well. Absolutely. It's 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 very exciting. Now, you've you folks have had uh, quite a week of announcements, uh, not the least of which is the announcement of the franchise's very first head coach, Eric Belanger. Can you describe for us why uh, he was the right fit to be the first bench boss for, for Trois Revere? Um, at the end of the day, uh, it's a combination of what he brings to the table and the type of person he is. Um, I think that uh, first and foremost, especially when you when you hire a head coach, I mean he's going to become the face of the franchise, uh, especially in a league like like the ECHL where you're going to have a lot of player movement. Um, your 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 coach, uh, much like in the AHL, your your, your coach becomes a, an even bigger part of what that that face of the franchise is, and um, so uh, everything from his who he is as a person and his values uh, and his vision as to what this team should represent. And the role that we need to play in in in, in the bigger picture here, community-wise and otherwise, uh, was it was a big part of that. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, you know, he 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 finished playing not that long ago, and he's he spent the last uh, five six years coaching at different amateur levels, and um, he uh, so he 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 brings to the table uh, uh, not so much in his in his professional coaching experience, but as a guy who's you know, played 14 years in the NHL and several years in the AHL and, and, and even over in, in the KHL for, for a short moment. Um, the amount of experience that he has in the, in the hockey world, um, you know, really speaks to, to, to the, uh, the person that he is and, and, what, he, and what he brings to, uh, to the table. And uh, uh, we went through a very diligent process. Um, you know, Marc-Andre Bergeron, our general manager, and, and, uh, and Eric uh, uh, known each other for a long time. They were teammates for a long while. And so some people thought, oh, well, it's because they're buddies. That's why we hired them. Uh, I, I can confirm uh, for both of them that uh, that definitely was not the case. Uh, we put him through the same processes everybody else uh, several different levels of interviews uh that we all participated in uh and um but at the end of the day it was clear to us that uh, he he was he was our man and we're very uh, happy and feel very privileged to have him uh, have him with us interesting Excuse me. Just as a follow up to that, you know, you, you talked about how, um, you know, all of the things that he brings to the table um, and and not necessarily. Obviously, he this is his first um, pro hockey coaching experience, kind of in a in a parallel situation. I recently spoke with Ian LaPerriere upon being named the new head coach for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms AHL franchise, who he is now taking a position of which he's not coached at the AHL level before. And he talked about how he'll likely bring in assistants who do have a lot of AHL 
experience, whether it's playing or coaching, in order to help him kind of navigate what the American League is all about. Do you anticipate uh, Eric doing something similar in terms of who he'll have with him behind the bench to help him navigate uh, the, the coaching pro hockey from that standpoint? Yeah, no, that's a very good point, um, Amy, and you're right. Um, I don't want to speak for Eric because we still need to see he still needs to confirm a lot of things and, and, and as far as availability and of candidates and whatnot, which is a process that's obviously well on its way. But but yes, I think uh, Eric recognizes uh, very clearly that um, he wants to surround himself with, with strong people, the people that are going to uh, support him and also will complement him uh, in his strengths and, 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 and areas that he has less experience. Uh, and so to get someone with uh, pro hockey coaching experience Ideally, ECHL co- uh, coaching experience, or or at least at a high level coaching experience, uh, I'll include the I'll include the Q in there, mm-hmm. um, is is clearly um, something that uh, he would like to do, and that uh, he's uh, hard to work on uh, right now, trying to accomplish. You talked about the the connection um, through the logo to to the Montreal Canadiens. Certainly, a key piece in the success of, of securing the franchise was ensuring that the Montreal Canadiens were connected to this project. Um, Canadians um, have been without a fully dedicated ECHL franchise for, for several years. Uh, wondered if you could talk about the importance of the Canadians' involvement and then maybe um, add, or, or secondarily, um, we, we've seen a number of models used in the ECHL. There's there's uh, some teams that uh, work a little bit more autonomously. There are some teams uh, like the Growlers uh, and and the Leafs uh, organization that operate kind of a almost a Major League Baseball model with a, a Triple A, Double A, so that so that many of the decisions, the coaching decisions, come from the Leafs, the the style of play, the systems they use. Um, so I wondered if you could talk about the Canadians' involvement in getting this done and then how involved they will be in the decision-making going forward. Um, yeah, no, great question. I think um, I'll use the Growlers as an example, uh, as a starting point. Um, I, I think our model is going to – we will have a little bit more independence uh, than, uh, than uh, the Growlers' beefs um, um, arrangement has been. Um, however, I, I, I can't say enough how the participation of the Habs uh, is, is uh, so important in all this, and they've been such a big help. Um, you know, er, uh, uh, Marc Andre uh, is uh, either speaking or texting or calling or meeting on a daily basis with the, the folks at the Habs and the hockey and uh, their hockey department. Uh, the collaboration has been fantastic, talking about players and um, uh, vision strategy and all that. Um, same thing when we when we talked about uh, our coaching options. Um, uh, they weren't directly involved, but clearly, you know, they were. They were, uh, you know, they gave us their opinions on things. We talked about our vision and strategy and candidates. Um, so I can't say enough about the collaboration that we've gotten from them. Um, all along, and 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 we can feel their 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 excitement about this too, because you said this is the first time that the Habs have their own dedicated ECHL franchise, and uh, I think they're just as excited about it as we are, and uh, and uh, you know so they're going to be able to help us a lot, and, and we're going to make it our job to make sure that we help them by finding uh, uh, finding those uh, sometimes unpolished gems that are that just need that extra year or two to, of development that we can then send them up the ladder and hopefully have them see if they play for the Habs one day. 
Mark, you mentioned how this team, uh, the Lions, is uh, going to be a fabric of the community uh, that it plays in, and, and uh, you talked about the interest uh, province-wide and the, the amount of engagement you've had. Also, so you're going to feature homegrown players and, and, and market directly to uh, uh, your community. But on the other side of that, we know that, that Habs fans are everywhere, and we, we certainly have seen that uh, now in the semifinals of the Stanley Cup playoffs and and uh, covering, we've, we've also seen how uh, the interest uh, worldwide, globally, uh, about the Laval Rockets. Um, so um, do you have plans to, to reach beyond Quebec to Canadians fans through your, through your broadcasts, through your websites, through your social media, to, to ensure that they're engaged as well? Well, we want to be able to reach, uh, we want to be able to conquer <laughs> if I can use that word, that's a good um, word. You know, take on the world. But no, we want to start. Obviously, all Habs fans. Um, uh, we we would like to be able to, to 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 reach all of them and be able to you know uh, convert them to being uh, fans of the Lions as well because we're a part of that family. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're obviously we're going to start with our own backyard, which we're here in the Maurice and then uh, and and the province. I said to you and Amy, you probably remember me saying this to you a couple of years ago. You know, the Habs are Quebec's NHL team. The Rocket need to become Quebec's uh, AHL team for all of the province. Well, I'm going to add another <laughs> to that, another line to that saying is our objective is to be Quebec's ECHL team and to represent all Quebecers. And so you're, you're right to mention broadcasters. Uh, we hope to have some uh, really good news to announce uh, soon as far as uh, uh, games on TV and, uh, and and having a reach that would reach throughout the province and, and also throughout Canada on, 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 on some French specialty channels. Um, and, and as you just said, and, and try to, uh, you know, Conquer the fans that are that are that are Habs fans uh, that are throughout throughout the country and and, and wherever they are and um, the the beauty though if I come back to the Quebec part is um, you know something that I I've always been so especially coming from the football world originally my, in my 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 first life um, was uh, I, I loved the 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 devotion to fans like a guy who comes out of college. Comes out of like comes out of like, like like Tom Brady comes out of Michigan. He's always going to be a Wolverine, but he's he's, he's a Patriot and now a Buck. But he's he's a Wolverine, and and fans that will still, especially from that college, you know, follow him forever for that reason. Um, and uh, you you don't necessarily get that as much in some other sports. I find now here in Quebec in the queue with all the players coming out of the queue. I can't say it probably in English, the uh, LFGMQ. Uh, I, I don't have the acronym in English. I'm, I That's apologize. Let's okay. call it the Q. Um, <laughs> they, there's going to be a lot. Those are, that's where we're going to be getting a lot of our players, guys that fly under the radar. Maybe they were hurt their last year of the, of the draft or they were just a little too small or for whatever reason they were a late bloomer. They need an extra year to develop. They're going to come here. Or that's our plan. We want to go get all of them. We want to bring all the best of the queue. They fly under that radar and bring them here and develop them here in Tour Rivière. Um, so the beauty of that is when, uh, you know, a kid that plays for us that played for the Vlachsejad in Drummondville, that's 40, 45 minutes away by car. We're going to have fun, fans coming in here to see him. We're going to have fans coming here to see players that played for the Cataract, which is 25 minutes up the road. 
uh, throughout the province, you're going to have a lot of that. And I think on TV, the same thing. They're going to want to see their former player playing at that next level and having that sense of pride. And same thing for players that are playing on visiting team. We're going to be able to market that. We're going to market the fact that, you know, Jean-Pierre so-and-so is playing for Cincinnati. And when the Cyclones come into town, we're going to talk about that because, you know, fans of that player that maybe played for a Q uh, team here are going to want to see him. So, um, it gives us a great opportunity to be able to really grow that fan base. My next, my next question for you, Mark, is kind of is kind of twofold. I'll give you the first part of it first, and that is, let's talk for a moment about you know, Quebecers and and Canadians in in general are very proud of uh, their junior their roots in junior hockey and and those teams across the country in in junior hockey. Um, the ECHL is a whole different, uh, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a whole different algorithm, if, if I can say that. You know, some folks might are, might not even always be as familiar with the level of talent in the ECHL or the level of competitiveness or really how close it is as one of those stepping stones in pro hockey to getting perhaps to the AHL. And then once you get to the AHL, you might get that break and get a call up to the NHL. So... The first part of my question is, can you just explain to folks why the ECHL is so exciting to watch and follow and and how worthy it is as a league? Well, you bring up a really good point. And, and, and by the way, before answering that, I'll just say like one of the reasons you're right here in Quebec for years and years and years, it's been junior hockey and the NHL. And the main reason is because we didn't have AHL for so many years and we've never had ECHL. So one of our main objectives right out of the bat is we need to educate fans on what the ECHL is because they don't know. Some people don't know there's pro hockey. And um, so so that's a, a big part of our communication strategy over the next year. And it was the same in Laval with the Rocket. People didn't know what the heck the AHL was anymore because we've been spoiled in Quebec with only having NHL and the junior. Um, and then... Um, uh, as far as now how exciting this league is and, and the quality of play, I was talking about it with, with Eric Belanger just the other day. He says, people don't realize. He says, I've been watching five games a day the last few weeks, just already scouting and looking at players and doing all kinds of preparation work. And he, and, and he says, this is, this is really good hockey. He says, the playoffs are going on right now. It's fantastic hockey. People are going to be very pleasantly surprised when they see this up front for real next year. And, um, and I think the other part to that question that I want to address is it's also what the ECHL is today because a lot of people in Quebec that do know of the ECHL still have, and, and, and this applies to the HL as well, still had the perception of what it was. And you guys know better than, better than, than anyone how, uh, you know, the, the amount of coverage that you've done in both of these leagues over the years, how the leagues, these two leagues have changed a lot. Um, I'd say the AHL in the last 20 years and in the ECHL in the last 10 to 15, where it's gone from being mostly independent run clubs that are just trying to organize the best hockey and, uh, and get the best players possible and put on a show to becoming affiliated with the NHL, being a part of the development process for players, which also allows you to bring in players that are very highly touted um, um, prospects, uh, you know, first, second, third, fourth round draft picks uh, in the A, and and more often than not, maybe third, fourth, fifth, sixth round draft picks, whatever in the in the E, where um, you you get those those the NHL uh, 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 talents that 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 need the extra year or two or three to develop, and so that vocation as a developmental league 
for the ECHL is really where, where I think this league has really turned the corner and, 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 and turned into something new. And it's very, very different than what the ECHL was in its first years back in the late 80s, early 90s. And so um, we need to educate people that don't know a lot about the league at all. And we need to re-educate people that think they know a little bit about it because of what it used to be. And I think that's the exciting part is, is seeing that alliance um, and seeing how uh, the, the seriousness of the development of the players has, has, has grown in leaps and bounds. And also seeing the, the really talented young guys that are out there uh, performing uh, with that clear path of, I do well here, I know where I'm going next, and it's an hour and a half down the road. And if that goes well, you, you can take the metro if you want and get to the Bell Centre. <laughs> And, uh, and, that, and that's the path we want to you know, draw out for people. Just, just a quick uh, follow-up to that. Um, in order to, to help introduce the, the ECHL uh, to the area, I'm wondering about the connections with the AHL. You know, um, when the Canadians affiliate was in Brampton, and I remember talking to uh, Colin Chalk, uh, Colin, who wore a number of hats there, um, uh, but head coach, uh, said that, that we expect to get uh, three to five players, three to five skaters uh, from the AHL, from, um, uh, the AHL and a goaltender. Are, are those discussions, do those kind of granular discussions, do they, they happen? And it, would that help you? You know, there, there'll be some names that... Uh, uh, fans will know from the AHL, and will that help you introduce the ECHL to uh, your community? Well, I think it will, uh, not just because it may be names that people have already heard before, because in many cases, you know, the, the, if there are players in the A that are being sent down here, then they're probably the youngest or the newest, and they're not that well-known. But where it'll help us is, um, you know, we can talk to we're blue in the face right now about how players are going to be going up and down, mm-hmm. And, and how our, voc- our, our, our our role here is to help develop more players. And first of all, our role here is to win, but also develop players and send them up to the, to the, to the rocket. But only once they actually see it happen will it really take effect. And so as soon as we get into those first few months of the season and, and then you see, you know, uh, maybe there's an injury in Montreal who ends up calling somebody up from Laval, so then Laval calls somebody up from here and, and all of a sudden they see that, that movement of players and, and the same thing, players come the other way. And especially with goalies, I find that, you know, if you look at the list of players that have played in the ECHL that have gone on to play in the NHL, there's an unusually high number of goalies. True. One, because as you guys know, goalies is the, is the position that sometimes takes the longest to That's develop right. and that you get the, the, the oldest rookies in the league because of that position. And, um, and also a lot of goalies coming over from, from maybe playing in Europe that, that, that need the extra time on the North American ice and uh, and style of play to, to get to get accustomed to the the speed of play and whatnot. So um, you know, as soon as we get that, you know, and there and I don't know why you always tend to focus on the goalies. Uh, well, I don't know why in Montreal it's very clear we focus on the goalies. We can go through a long list of names of why, um, and so they kind of stand out. And so as soon as we may get a goalie that gets sent down here, that's a name um, that's going to be exciting, and people are going to see that. But you know, it was the same thing in Laval, right? Like the like even last summer when we saw Alex Belzil on the ice for the Habs in, in the bubble during the playoffs, boy, oh boy, was that a sense of pride for for all the all the Rocket fans. And um, and an example, and he wasn't the only one over the last few years, as you know. But that's when fans really kind of go like, okay, I get it now. Like I, I really see how the Rocket helped develop real players that are going to become real star players, or you know, or, or or significant players in the roster for the Habs. 
as soon as we get our first um, from uh, from Tori Vieira that makes his way up and one day puts on the red, white, and blue at the Bell Center, uh, then we will have come full full uh, full circle in telling that story. The the other half of of that question, of course, is not only um, and I and I really appreciate your answers to both of those questions, and and I certainly concur that you know that that education about what the ECHL and the AHL, for that matter, currently are is is very important. Um, on the fun side of things, what can fans who will come and watch uh, a Lions game in person this fall, what can they expect for their fan experience? What are what are you hoping to to give them as an experience, particularly if it's the first time they've ever seen an ECHL game? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because, and, and you can't see me because I'm right now, but I'll tell you I'm grinning <laughs> ear to ear because, so, so on the ice, I mean, you know, Marc-Andre and Eric have talked about it. They're going to, they're going to build a, a strong team. They, they don't intend on wasting any time to make sure that we have a competitive team on the ice and you're going to see some great hockey. But over and above that, let's talk first about the building. Okay, I'm sitting in the Kalise right now in our office. The building's not quite done yet, but it's almost done. Um, a little under 5,000 capacity. Um, the Kalise is just is going to be spectacular. Um, great sight lines, uh, great atmosphere because everybody's going to be in so close. Um, we have a beautiful three-part center-hung video board, state-of-the-art. Uh, we have a full power ring. We didn't we didn't even have that in Laval. We have a full power ring. So the, so the LED that's three or four feet high that goes mm-hmm. all the way around the, the between the first and second level between the suites and the and the lower stands. Um, so we've got a lot of fun toys to play with. Uh, we've got 22 <laughs> suites in here that are that are beautiful. Wow. Um, as nice as the one at Bell Center. They're, they're very big. They're actually, I think, even a little bit bigger in some. And uh, what's really neat about our suites, because they're cantilevered over the lower deck, um, the first row of the two rows in the suites is equivalent of 12th row from the wow. ice. So you are on top of the action. Um, it's really going to be a, a, a great uh, fan experience. Um, and, and what I want to finish with is, so it's great to have all those toys. It's great to have an F1 race car, but if you don't have a, a driver to put in it who can, who can drive it fast, it's not going to do you any good. So uh, we were able to hire a gentleman who spent, I believe, 14 years with the Habs, including um, uh, four or five as the uh, top guy on game presentation at the Bell Center. Um, who, uh, who has his own business right now and does, does a, a few different things, but he uh, will be our, our director of game presentation. And so the, the, the level of um, production uh, and the game show and the entertainment uh, that's going to be built around this, um, I feel very bullish on. Uh, we, we intend to be uh, every bit as professional and as exciting and fun uh, as we were at the Rocket. And as you know, at the Rocket, it was every bit as fun as it was at the Bell Center. Uh, and that's a big, big, big part of what, um, I, what I see as being the uh, keeping up our end of the bargain. People buy tickets to come here and see a show. It's our job to make sure to give them a show. And uh, with the pieces that we're putting in places in place right now, I, I'm, I feel very bullish on that. We're, we're gonna, we're not gonna just. Well, I, you know, it's it, you. You just said it. You know, it's anyone who's been fortunate enough to visit Place Bell in Laval knows that um, attending a game there is like a miniature version of attending a game at the Bell Center. Um, you you get the same feeling from it, in, including some of the the same uh, sound effects that are used during the game for for horns and so forth. Um, and it sounds like you're you've, you're well on the way. 
of doing that uh, by incorporating Trois Rivières into that system as well. So um, I'm sure that will be a lot of fun. Are season tickets available right now? Season tickets are available. We launched them at the same time as we launched our brand last Thursday. Uh, response has been phenomenal. Uh, things are moving along very, very well. Uh, and it's a very affordable product. Uh, season tickets are, are available starting at $15.75 a game. Wow. So it's under 16 bucks a game for a season ticket. Um, and even the best seats, we're talking about 20 some odd dollars for seats. That are, you know, you, you could be between the blue lines behind the bench. Um, and so a very affordable product. People responded really, really well, uh, and so we're really excited about that. So uh, can't wait to, to, to get to October 21st. We're not only kicking off our, our season at home, but we're kicking off the entire ECHL. We play Thursday night, the 21st of October, and the entire rest of the league starts the next day. So we're going to get the stage on all our own. We're pretty proud of that. We're going to play the Growlers, so we'll have the Habs and Leafs uh, rivalry kickoff for the first time, and, um, and uh, we're pretty excited about it. Excellent. Well, I know on behalf of me and Rick and all of us here at Rocket Sports Media, uh, we wish all of you the best of luck with it and congratulations on on, on the inaugural season. Uh, I know that we are looking forward greatly to uh, providing coverage of, of the Lions uh, starting this fall uh, on our websites. And uh, Mark Waitman, president and CEO of the 12 Revere Lions, we can't thank you enough for joining us today and uh, kind of giving us a peek behind the curtain of, of how things are going out there. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to it this fall. Well, thank you so much Amy Rick as well um, I appreciate you guys uh, talking a little bit about us and I, and I can't wait to to have you guys here and come see a game Rick I have to say uh, we had even mentioned to Mark uh, before we started recording the interview that uh, it seems like practically just yesterday uh, that we first met him and and got to interview him uh, when he was with um, group CH and and at the AHL all-star game uh, with with the crew from Laval a, a few years ago um, and it seems it's the time just flies by uh, and it was just very good uh, to get to have a, a nice conversation with Mark again he is He's always a great interview. Uh, he's so passionate about whatever he's working on. And, and in this case, he just sounds so, so, so excited to get the 12 Revere Lions uh, off the ground and up and running this fall. For sure. Very passionate sports executive as the experience uh, in knowing to have uh, first the vision and, and, and the imagination and all these great ideas. I remember when we talked to him, he was uh, talking about bringing the All-Star game to uh, Laval and right. and um, and and now being in this uh, enormous project and bringing the ECHL to Trois Rivières. Absolutely. So we thank Mark again. We we look forward to having him on the show again soon. And uh, for sure, we also look forward to taking him up uh, on on coming and seeing a a game and and covering a game there in Trois Rivières at some time soon. Um, so before we head out uh, today, I uh, just want to send you on your way with a with a feel good finale. And really today, it's uh, we're, I'm calling it "Let's Hear It for the Fans" because really, uh, this has been such a unique season for for professional sports. You know, it's it was completely different for the players, for the staff, for the coaches, for management, for sports media. Um, but really, the sports fans were the ones who have been so vocal just about how how much they've appreciated uh, having their favorite teams back on their computer screens and television screens and, and radios and so forth and giving them something to look forward to through such a challenging year that we've been through. Um, and Rick, I have to say, uh, you know, a big thank you and a big kind of shout out to all of the fans and followers uh, and loyal listeners that we have 
both here at the Press Zone uh, at our sister podcast, The Canadian's Connection, which you co-host with with Joe Whalen, um, and frankly, our social media platforms across the board for Rocket Sports Media. Um, you've mentioned on the Montreal Canadiens side of things that the All Habs uh, Facebook page has just been going off the charts this playoff season with all sorts of engagement and fans talking, not just commenting on posts and whatnot, but really talking and having friendly debates and conversations with each other on the page uh, and, and on the All Habs Twitter account as well. For sure. And and the reach on, on the All Habs Facebook page has been um, well over a million um, uh, souls uh, throughout the playoffs. And and I think that the most common um, comment that I've heard or, or a compliment that I've heard is that uh, we, the, the Rocket Sports team, whether it be uh, our websites or our podcasts, that we uh, were there week to week. Um, many others, um, you know, uh, couldn't uh, find content to talk about, and, and but they appreciated us being there week after week after week. Uh, letting them know what was happening and uh, and then continuing on once uh, hockey returned uh, they appreciate uh, you know our our passion and our loyalty to the fans and and we appreciate how they've returned it to us absolutely and the same uh, Philadelphia Flyers and Lehigh Valley Phantoms and Reading Royals fans uh, we haven't forgotten you know you're included in that um, you know and and even though the Flyers are currently in a different situation their offseason started uh, weeks ago and weeks ago, um, we are still there week to week for Flyers fans and our and our Philly market as well. Uh, you know, we've we come to you with the podcast every single week. There is always Flyers news and Flyers related news or Phantoms news to talk about, um, and. We want, of course, to to see that fan engagement on social media. Uh, you know, let, we should have a little friendly competition here. I mean, who can be more vocal on our on our <laughs> on our social media platforms? The Habs fans on the All Habs pages or the Flyers fans on our Flyers pages? So I'm going to give you the breakdown right now. You know, at Flyers Rule, it's in it's in the Twitter name. You know, um, so for our. Flyers and Phillies fans, or, you know, if you're just a hockey fan in general and you want to follow along on Twitter, be sure you're following at the Flyers Report. That is our Flyers coverage Twitter account. On Facebook, you can also follow the Flyers Report on Facebook. That's the Facebook page. If you want to talk about anything Flyers related, do it there on the on the uh, on the the Flyers Report Facebook page. And for both fan bases, whether you're a Montreal Canadiens fan or a Flyers fan, We've got a YouTube channel for you to follow as well uh, for when we produce our exclusive video content. Uh, for Montreal Canadiens fans, you're going to want to follow and subscribe to the All Habs YouTube channel. Um, and for Flyers, there is, you guessed it, the Flyers Report is on YouTube as well. So search for that. Go to the Flyers Report. Hit subscribe for both channels. Make sure you hit that notification bell. That way, YouTube will tell you when we've uploaded new content for you to watch and enjoy and share. Uh, you don't have to go searching for it. And we just want to say a big thank you to our loyal fans, followers, friends. Um, we do this 
day in and day out, our sports media coverage, our fan reaction coverage from those members of our team uh, that that come at things from kind of a fan perspective, our journalists, uh, our analysts, uh, our graphic designers, our content creators, all of us get here together at Rocket Sports Media because you, the fans, are there each and every week to consume it all. And we are so thankful for that. And uh, we just want to see even more of you on those pages. Tell your friends, tell your family. Let's uh, let's keep growing this community. <laughs> uh, Rick, I think it's been a pretty fun show today. Great um, show. Great guest. Great show. Absolutely. I think there's some pretty uh, intense uh, playoff hockey coming up this week that I think is going to be remarkable and probably pretty memorable. And uh, I think for sure, we will be back here again next Tuesday to break it all down. So um, thank you for being here. And be sure you come back to us again next Tuesday for another incredible episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects. 